George will defend Lillard. Spread floor. Lillard with 47 tonight. Working it down to two to one. A deep three. Oh! Go! What? Blazers win the series. A walk-off three from Lillard. It's off to Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? Oh! Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open, fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! Dudley, up top, open. It's got a clean catch. Oh! Spun free under the basket. And he will send this to a game five. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the End of the Bench Pod. Today we uh, have had quite a bit of break in recording here as we're coming to you from the game five of the Phoenix and LA Clippers series. So uh, we got our last pot out just before the playoffs started, and it's been quite a while. Um, as a officially a Bucks and a semi Bulls podcast, obviously a lot's happened in those first two rounds, and uh, two of your hosts are enjoying the Bucks in the conference finals right now. On this episode of End of the Bench, we're going to do quite a bit of Bucks talk, including their series with Brooklyn, as well as the first three games of the Atlanta series. Uh, probably the quickest Bulls corner you'll have heard on our short existence of a podcast. We have a lightning round of topics as well as our all NBA playoff team picks. And we end the episode with just a quick preview or uh, idea for what we have for the NBA offseason. As always, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy our newest episode of the End of the Bench. It's the End of the Bench pod coming to you from a Zoom meeting in a pandemic. It's the end of the bench pod. Please just disregard our takes. We don't know what we're doing. I took a look at it earlier, so I'm just ready to go. Yeah, I got, got some thoughts. Up. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously this time around we're recording during, what is this, game four, game five of the Suns Clippers. So we've made it a little, little ways into the playoff here. We're into the conference finals. It makes sense only to start with Bucks talk as uh, of the two teams we represent on uh, this particular pod. That's the only one currently relevant. So, I mean, it's been a while. So the first thing I wrote down was just let it all out. What's on your mind? Maybe like start with the Brooklyn wrap up or uh, I don't know. However you want to start this out. I, yeah. I think you kind of wanted to cover Brooklyn a little bit here though. Just to, yeah. chronologically would make sense. Bill, you want to go first with Brooklyn or you want me to go? Uh yeah, I mean, shit. I'm just amazed that they, like, came out on top. I – we got, like, lucky break, like, between Kyrie getting hurt. I mean, Harden came back. But, like, Harden was out, and KD's toes were too big. Like, we we fucking, like, <laughs> lucked out and squeaked out a uh, a series win that I – I'm still not even, like, overjoyed. I just – I'm I'm still, like, in shock about it. Um, I don't know. They, like – they showed signs that they could do it. And, like, we beat them in the regular season and things without Harden and Kyrie. So, it's not, like, a massive surprise, but I wouldn't have put money on us winning game seven for sure. And, like, I don't know. Does it translate to, like, the next series? I mean, some aspects do. Like, Giannis is now taking it to the hoop, and it looks fucking awesome. Um, it but, does. like, they got, they got 
we still got their artwork ahead of us. So like, you know, I can only be so happy of a second round win despite maybe beating the best team in the league. Yeah. I think there's no doubt that they are like, if they would have been, I hate that narrative. Like, Oh, if they're all healthy, like it's an easy win. Like I totally agree with that, but this happens every single year. Like the team that wins the title lucks out at some point and you can look at every single team and be like, Oh, well this person, this player is gone. That player is gone. Like it happens every single year. And it's just kind of how the chips fell. And like, they took advantage of it. That's one of the things that they never did in the past was take advantage of things like opportunities that they had. And even though I don't think we were the better team, like clearly I think Brooklyn showed that they would have won if like Katie went new clearly. And like, there was no way we were winning that series. They have all three and Katie plays like that. It's, it's unstoppable. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we just we took advantage of it. You can't blame the Bucks for not taking advantage of it. And they showed up in the two most important games. Like, they shit the bet in game five. We all know how that went. And then six and seven, they were able to pull it out. Like, And they just stuck with their game plan, trying to wear people out. And it, it, it worked. Like, KD's toes were too big, and he didn't want to go into overtime. You know he was going for the three. You know he was. And honestly, to that point, that's the one thing I thought is, like, I mean, even with those players hurt, they still have what many people – especially after that series are saying is the best player in the world, you know, best shooter in the world, at least one of the most lethal players. And how many times in the playoff does a team with the better player win in the series, like nine times out of 10, like you would think yeah. even with just KD is still the, I mean, it's hard because it's Giannis and they went head to head stats wise the entire series. But <clears throat> I mean, it's not odd for, it wouldn't have been as odd for them to win because they still have, top player in the world and the better player typically wins the series. So I don't know. I think it was really impressive. I think yeah. they wore him down and sure the injuries help, but like you said, it happens every year. So you, you yeah. play the games that are in front of you. You don't get to choose that someone gets hurt. Like you still have to win the games. It doesn't matter. And you know, if you get lucky and Joe Harris miss, misses a bunch of shots, you can win a series. This is true. One thing I will say, like thinking about that series, like it was frustrating hearing people kind of like shit on Giannis after a couple of games. Like we know he's not a Kevin Durant. Everyone knows that. And people are mad because he's oh the two-time MVP. He should be able to do these things. Like MVP is so much different than being the best player on the planet or the best offensive player on the planet, maybe the best ever. But Giannis, like think about the Hawks series. Like he carries us for three quarters of the game, if not longer than that. And then he lets other people do their job. But without Giannis carrying us for that period of time and being able to do that night in and night out is like, we would not be in the position that we are. So I get that he has his late game struggles and like out of the top 10 players, he might not be that guy that you can give the ball down to or down three with 10 seconds to go. And he's going to get you a shot, but like we're in the position that we are because of him. And I think KD like solidified that he's the best player on the planet, but I love that Giannis like, for the most part, went toe-to-toe for him. He basically took all the punches and said, I'm going to keep us in it and just give us a shot to win the game at the end. And I think that was like – we haven't really seen that from Giannis in past years. He, I mean, he's had a couple of stinker games, and it was just cool to see him keep us in the game for as long as he did. So, And rise to the occasion. Oh, yeah. That, I think that's all. I, I'm glad it didn't turn into a total fuck KD pod like I thought you might have had plans for. But Oh, I, I got uh, got a lot more respect for KD. Still think he's a stink for leaving OKC for Golden State. But, you know, like 
basketball wise, I can't knock him. Dude didn't complain about calls. I mean, I still think he, in those first couple of games, I felt like he got a lot of calls. And as the series went on, like he started to earn stuff a lot more and like he just kept battling through and you could see that he wasn't really complaining about fouls and he wasn't trying to draw fouls. And just those last five games, like, I mean, I know it's easier to gain respect when your team's like winning those five games, but yeah, I like, he was just different level. He wasn't complaining. And then you see James Harden come in you see those two on the court at the same time. And you see the shit that James Harden's pulling every single possession. You're like, okay, like KD's just a different dude. And you, I, there's the social stuff still drives me nuts with him, but I mean, he's not James Harden. That's what I, James Harden's taken over as the most fuck you. I hate you person in the NBA now. So he's passed that title on. But what sucks about that is it like solidifies the fact that we want Durant with his own team. Yeah. Like, we, like that's what we want. We don't want him with two other superstars. Like it worked out that it was his team, especially for that game five. But like, I want to see him somewhere weird where it's just him and a bunch of guys. I mean, even if those guys are Joe Harris and whomever, Bruce but Brown. like make it your team and just do it. And it's, you earn the respect of people and people fucking like it and you hoop. And like, yeah. you don't I don't have- want to see KD. I don't want to see KD going 12 for 18 and they win by 30 points because Harden and Kyrie also put up 30. I want to see James or uh, Kevin Durant going for like 50 shooting like 20 for 27, like something just out of this world. With like a, a three-week stretch. Yeah, with a bunch of bumps. Like, I love that. Like, when LeBron was carrying those shit-ass teams to the finals, like, that was cool to watch, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it was impressive is all I can say. Like, that was as good a game seven as we'll ever see. First overtime one in, what, like eight years or something? and one Or one of eight ever in game sevens or something? Like, really – Fucking came down to the way it became the game of inches, much like football or centimeter, like legitimately, like a, a shoe size and a half, maybe with KD. But what a series! Um, what about the Hawks series? We're three games in, Bucks up 2 1. They stole the first one in Atlanta to take the lead. Any uh, any thoughts on Atlanta so far? I uh, after game one, I was pretty upset because I felt like we blew it. But at the same time, this is easily the best I've felt about a series so far this postseason. Like, going into the Heat series, that game one was so stressful, and it was just kind of that previous demons, like, getting rid of those. Even when we were up 2-0, 3-0, it was just – like, 3-0, I thought we had it. But those first couple of games, I was nervous the whole time. Like, the Heat could definitely win this series. And just the Hawks one, like, even after we won game one, I was like, we played terrible. And – Trey Young almost scores 50 and they squeak out a three point win. And how many offensive rebounds did we give up just being lazy at the end? And then we destroy them in game two. And it's like, oh yeah, like we're clearly better than these guys with the roster that they have right here. And having DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish healthy, he is, I guess, healthy right now, but you can't really insert a guy after he's missed that much time. And Bogdan being injured, like things like that. Again, it's just like shit happens. And we should, we should win this series. This is the first time all postseason I feel like I've been really confident about that statement. Mm-hmm. I, I'm feeling very similar. Like, I feel good. I don't feel great. But, I mean, man, I'm, I'm happy to be in, like, a 2-1 position as opposed to, like, what was that? 
Thursday morning of being down 0-1 and losing like a shitty game to Trey Young and getting shimmied at home. Like that sucked. And we didn't get a single offensive re or I don't believe we got a single rebound the last five minutes of that game. And it was just like you guys are getting out fucking hustled at home and you're you know like we're championship level at this point. Like we beat the we beat the Nets and like losing game one sucked. And then like game two, it even felt like they came out a little flat. I text you guys about the unserious team after they just like make sloppy turnovers. And like since that moment, they've looked really good. And like even last night, I think the first half was a bit ugly, but we were tied and we played ugly. Um, I mean, of course we get luck with Trey Young, but again, you, you play what's in front of you. And like, I like, I like our chances going forward. Like I want Drew to really bully Trey if he's on like the bum leg and just really go for it. I mean, I don't see any reason why this thing, why this can't end in five or six. The one thing I will say, like watching them going back to your text after in that beginning of game two, and you're just like, we're just on serious. I've I thought about it a little bit more after last night's game and just watching them. They always just like, even though they're making bonehead plays that we're upset about, I feel like they're so composed at the same time. They never really get rattled if that makes sense. And, like, in the past, I feel like they would have done that. Like, yeah, Giannis is missing free throws, but I don't think he's rattled. I think he's just, like, dead tired, and we've seen this all the time. When Giannis's minutes goes up, he doesn't shoot well because he's not a great shooter, and when you lose your legs as a below-average shooter, like, you're not going to hit shots. And that's the same thing with free throws, too. When you're dead tired, it's hard to hit those. But I feel like they're never rattled. Like, even when they are down, was it 7 nothing, like 12-2, to two, whatever it was, it just seemed like they kept the same mentality. Like, we're going to fix some things, and we're going to keep doing what we're doing, and eventually it's just going to even out. And I know that drives us crazy because we want to win every game by 25, and we should have the lead at the start of every single game. But I feel like they know who they are, and they're just okay with it. They're like, this is what we are. And we're so – I get maybe it's like the PTSD from watching them for the past four years just shit the bed at the worst moments. But how many times have they, like, come through in the clutch? Like, Chris Middleton last night puts up 38-20 in the fourth quarter. And you're like, this – I was surprised, but at the same time, he's done that a couple of times. He hit the game-winning shot against Brooklyn, and they just seem – I don't know if it's P.J. Tucker or if they've just gotten older and more mature or what, but they're still idiots IQ-wise, but they know who they are now, and they just – they stick with it, I guess, which you can't knock them for. I wonder how much of that is from Holiday over Bledsoe as well. Like Bledsoe got that like deer in the headlights look, and he's three for eleven with like six with like six or seven turnovers. And you're like, this guy can't have the ball. Giannis can't have the ball. Chris can't yeah. like exploit his mismatch. And I don't know what we're gonna do. Yeah, I Ben, we need to insert a Drew Holiday conversation here. I want to let you talk about the Hawks series quick, but we need to insert a Drew Holiday conversation quick. I need to get some stuff off my chest no you're good I, I mean i wasn't gonna take too much up with the bucks talk i think i'm still working my way in for uh some credibility to talk there i guess i just was thinking like you guys talked about some of the uncertainty or fear that still lies with this series like they're performing how you think they they should but they're still that i think that's not just a a bucks thing i think that's a wisconsin sports thing like feels like we've you know had that 15 and one season and made it to the playoffs and have a you know cake schedule ahead of us and then slip up and you know lose in the nfc championship game on a onside kick bumble whatever it may be or like like it just seems like okay we got through that brooklyn 
part, which was the hardest part. And now, now we're, we're supposed to win this one, which as a Wisconsin sports fan kind of tells your gut, you're, you're not going to win this one, which I think is like, it's, they've proved otherwise that game two, obviously they kicked the shit out of them last night. Even like you said, they, they just, it never felt like they were out of it, no matter what, when it was 12, two or whatever, or what, like it just, I think it's, like ingrained in us to be a little nervous like when it does happen to go 12 to like oh shit here it goes we're about to lose three straight or some bullshit like that like but other than that i mean i i'm not surprised they played a slow game one um they just came off a super lengthy series and um i i still feel like this will be the, their most manageable series as they've proved the last two games after that i think it was really my bucks hawks talk let me hear what you got to say about drew holiday though now you got me intrigued <laughs> Well, okay. Everyone's calling them. It was during that Brooklyn series. People were, were calling them. Uh, it was like the Drew Bledsoe thing going around. People were calling them. Remember when they were calling uh, Eric Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe, and all that shit? Mm-hmm. You guys remember that from the Boston series, whenever mm-hmm. it was, whatever. And people were comparing Holiday to Bledsoe. And I get that Holiday has not played well, and I definitely think he's regressed since the regular season like it's not the drew holiday that i expected to see in the playoffs but um he has come up big he's definitely not like he doesn't do well with those really small quick guards i think us expecting him to like lock up trey young especially with all the screens it was a little bit much but i feel like he's been the thing we always killed eric bledsoe for was he was unplayable at certain times like his defense did not translate at all into the postseason and his offense was terrible. And we couldn't even play him 15 minutes a game. Will, do you agree? Like when Bledsoe is out there, like we need him off the court, but like we need him out there, but he's so bad that we can't even play him. The next best option always sucked, but that was our first option. And it was awful. We're like, get him off the court with Drew, uh, Drew Holiday. At least we're like, okay, he's not making plays. He's missing, but he's still shooting and he's being confident. And then like that Brooklyn game, he came up big where Eric Bloodsaw, I feel like would have had his tail between his legs. I had no clue, like would have hit the side of the backboard and uh, holiday comes down and knocks down three straight shots. And that's just such a big difference. And last night he had 12 assists. When has Eric Bloodsaw ever had 12 assists in a playoff game for the Bucks? And is that, and ever, did that Drew, ever happen? Drew finished with like five points or he had five points like late, but was like still making an impact wherever else he could. Yeah. Like, we need Giannis to be Giannis for that first, what is it, seven-eighths of the game all the way up through the midway point of the fourth quarter. Like, we need him to get his 30 points and his 10 rebounds. And then Middleton needs to turn it on at the end of the game. Like, and if Middleton doesn't have it, we need to go to Giannis. And if Giannis needs a break for a second, like, Holiday's that next option. Like, we can't assume that Holiday's going to put up 20 points every single night. And that, I think that's what some people are looking for. Uh, do I feel like he's underachieved? Yeah, but the slander that he was getting and for people to compare those two, they just have no clue how bad Eric Bledsoe was during that time. And for holiday, just to stay on the court and be like, still have that confidence when he got locked up by Kevin Herter last night on that one possession, like that was a little, that was tough to watch. But like, other than that, I think Ooh. he's, that, I, I guess like the, that possession this, once, once Trey came back from his ankle injury, and oh, he yeah. on him he's like flies out shit. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. That was like noticeable. Like he smelled blood in the water. Yep. So, yeah. The shit talk that some Bucks fans were giving him semi warranted, but not to the level that he was getting shit on. And it's just like 
It's just bad games. Like, yeah, bad game. And I think like he could get hot and all of a sudden like game what was it game two. He kept us in game two. He had a good first two games, and then Middleton pulled out game three. You know, like it, it can flip like that. So I, I I just don't see it. People are upset, but it is what it is. Um a couple more quick things. Well, one quick thing, and then one you might think about a second. I just had things I wanted to ask you uh, about the, the Bucks specifically. Like First one is just how sick are those deer district shots? I think it's fucking cool when they cut to that now. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. It just looks so much better. I just feel like Jurassic Park or whatever that was in Toronto used to look like the back lot of like a college bar, like fenced in like 24 parking spots. It looked like they're just in a cage and deer district looks like it's got more people every time I, I see it. Every, like, every night it's bigger. Right. And I, I honestly wish they would show that inside part too. Brad's been there for a couple of games and it just looks even more packed in there. And then you have the people sitting on the balconies too or whatever to, and the big mural and the big screen, how it lights up that little alleyway part. You know what I'm talking about? Like yep. they show both parts. I think it, I mean, that's another probably 8,000 people that it would show. Like it's insane. It's really good. Cool makes it easy to be excited for milwaukee when they cut to like after a big dunk or some shit and then show outside of pfizer just looking like a mob um one thing i was thinking of i don't know if you guys noticed they're like are thinking the same thing but do you feel like the fans in the arena aren't as loud and rowdy as they usually are like in past years like in milwaukee specifically or in general yeah i feel like this year, if I was at a playoff game, I would be absolutely losing my mind. Like, because I feel like this is our best chance to actually win something. But I feel like the crowd, like I'm going to shit on the Badgers here for a second. The Cole Center sucks. Cole Center is a pathetic crowd. It's a bunch of old people with season tickets and their families, and they're not like rowdy. You go to a college game, you think of like uh, Duke. They have all their student section basically surrounding the court, and it's just like chaos. Badgers, it's just like a bunch of people sitting, and then every once in a while they'll cheer, and some people will stand up, but it's just like not really loud and rowdy like you see in some of those other stadiums, you know. And I feel like the Deer District is sucking all those younger people that would be like seven beers deep in the arena and just creating a ruckus, and they're outside now. So, like, the Deer District is where stuff's getting really wild and like exciting, Mm -hmm. and all the people at the game are just there just to watch like the celebrities coming in and all that, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I didn't think it, I didn't think of it that way, but that makes sense. Why you like, it's not something I've openly noticed, but when you put it that, like, it makes sense. Like, you know, some of the older adults who won't get as rowdy can a afford the tickets and playoff tickets. And then B you like that Brad demographic of the rowdy seven beers, deep kids are just all out there. Like he's just having a party basically right next to it, which, you know, you know what I mean? Like I it's yeah. a fair point. The, the haves and the uh, haves nots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think about it, like, if I'm going to go to a Hawks game, like, I feel really confident about this series, and you guys know this, like, I requested off for the NBA Finals games because I'm so confident, and this that's how confident I am. Past years, like, my emotional hedges in round two, betting mm-hmm. on it all the time. I have an mm-hmm. emotional hedge to Bucks at all. I was like, dude, we should take the Bucks spread on two – or what was it, game two. It was like, yeah, eight and a half. Confident. It was bigger than game one. Yeah, and I'm so confident that we're going to go to the finals. I'm like, why would I go to a game during the Hawks series? Maybe I'd go to the Deer District for a game. Like, that looks awesome. But if I'm going to go to a game and I can't find cheap tickets, I'm just going to save my money for a finals game. Like, I'm not confident right now. And I think people in this series and the fans, I think, might be. 
I don't know. It just hasn't seemed as loud as I thought. Maybe it's the TV crew is like cutting it down because we know they always do that for certain places and amp it up for others, but just not as rowdy as I would have hoped. I wonder if like the 3,000 seats behind like the scores table or the benches or wherever that is, if that yeah. makes a difference. If that 3,000 people, that would be close, potentially mm-hmm. even yeah. to like microphones. Yeah. And yeah. the course. I, I, think it's a, a I think it's a thousand, isn't it? Like a thousand, thousand five hundred, something like that. Because something like that. Probably getting smaller every week. <laughs> Creeping yeah, it down I mean, a row. Seriously. Yeah. All Who's right. the rowdiest badger player? Just just off the off the top of your head. Rowdy is because, because, because clearly the badgers do not re- their fans do not reflect rowdy and loud. But who's the loudest basketball player they've had? Bruzowitz? Oh. No. <laughs> That's a it's good easily pick. Brad Davison. He's the rowdy. But he he no, he's yeah. most likely to get that old white demographic rowdy the way he plays basketball, but he's not necessarily himself. <laughs> yeah, like he'll get that fucking we, 70 year old oh, season ticket holder out of like, his seat for they need to get like a rowdy. Charmed. If they get a rowdy player, then maybe the crowd will be rowdy. But until they recruit one, I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. You're saying, like, who gets the crowd the most hype? No, just who's a rowdy guy that they're going to have playing. Oh, they used yeah. to go bonkers it's, for Kaminsky. Yeah, that's true, yeah. too. I don't yeah. know. Maybe yeah, that's a good question. Maybe Alondo Tucker. It's been a while since I've seen an alley-oop in a Badger game. So maybe Alondo Tucker. Oh, Kirk Penny the GOAT, man. Um, that's a good question. Shit. Um, one last, I got, well, just to get through it quicker here, um, scale of one to 10, what's your confidence level? They can first off win the series. Nine. I like a Easy. seven, a seven, uh, but I feel, I feel, I feel good, but I'm not calling anything a lock. Yeah, I've, been, I've been burned. I'm not a 10, but I'm feeling good. Like if we lose, I'm going to be so angry. So Pre-game three, I was at like a 6.8. I went up to like 8.5 after last night. What about, so like say they do win this series, our confidence levels prevail. What about winning the finals confidence level? Blind, not knowing who they'd be playing. But would uh, this team, do you think they can Clippers, finish the run confidence level? Clippers, I think we eat, uh, beat pretty easy. I, not easy, I would say like, like we lost the Clippers in the finals. I'd, I'd be I'd pretty be upset. upset. Yeah. If we lose to the Suns, I feel like the Suns are just such a better, well-oiled machine than we are on offense. And obviously Chris Paul, Chris Paul is just going to absolutely eat us in the pick and roll. DeAndre Ayton can actually guard Giannis. They got wing defenders who can like Crowder and Bridges who they can throw on Chris Middleton. And like, so I feel like the Suns should be the favorites to win it all right now. That's just my opinion. I feel like you're right. So, um, what about yeah. you, Billy? Confidence level? Uh, I don't know. I don't feel great about playing the Suns, but like we beat the Nets, we beat KD. But like then again, <laughs> beating a player is different than beating like a really good, well, well-coached it, team. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't. Bonzi- I don't feel awesome about it, but like, fuck. If they get there, then the chances are as good as any. Yeah, I guess going back to my point earlier, like when I said that they just kind of like know who they are now and they like don't, they're not phased by things. We still are as fans. We still got that PTSD, but it seems like they've matured. Like thinking about it, I guess just seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter about how far Giannis and Chris have come together, like mm-hmm. how long they've been playing together and all the shit that they've gone through. And now you got PJ Tucker, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, who's not afraid of anybody, Bobby Portis, who also is not afraid of anybody. Like, even Shout though Bobby out to Portis his minutes last night. That was big. 
dude, he might get played off the floor in certain series. Like his defense still isn't great, but I think that's partially blood putting him in shitty positions. Like you can't drop him, and they didn't do that at all in game three. So that's good. But I, I like a just... spark plug. Dude, he was a couple of them spark plugs last night. I was going crazy. So, um, so were his eyes. <laughs> he's so. just bugging. Um, I think my overall, I put it at 6.3, which I still think, like, I did that, depend, like, no matter who they play, like, kind of averaged it out, I think, 6.3, yeah. which is still 63% chance of that. Like, I, I think they would win the finals, but I... I would say, yeah, mine's like a four, I think. Like, if I just look at the rosters, like I said earlier, like, the Suns should win. So, I'm saying, like, a four, but I'm going to bump it up to a five because I really think it's a coin flip with our, like, just their different mentality that they have now, even their mental lapses and their shitty coaching that they still have. It's, it just, it just feels like the coin flip. this is the year for the bucks. They've been close the last two or whatever. And everyone we're keeps get, making a deal out breaks. of like, like these, none of these teams have won a championship in the last 50 years, blah, blah, blah. Like I think the Suns will be good for a long time. I'm not surprised they're here. I think the Hawks will be good for a long time. I'm not surprised they're here, but like, I think it's kind of just because Milwaukee is a small market, people forget they've been a step away the last two. And like, this just feels like them completing that. I hate the word process because it's tied to Philly now, but like it's like the like, of these 14. Yeah. It just feels like their arc. This is their year, their window. Like they got the experience as much as like, I don't know. It's just, it, that's why I have them their as lack a favorite. Of, their lack of depth concerns me, but that's really my only concern. Mm-hmm. Dante would have been huge in this series. As much as I hate red shoots, but you know, here we are. Could have two red velvets out there. Two. Yeah. So. All right. Um, so just to keep flying along here, shortest bulls corner ever is what I titled it. I'm going to take 30 seconds or less just to tell the lottery balls they can kiss my ass again. They never <laughs> fucking go in our favor. We got no first round pick, but we do got. <laughs> He was getting Derek Rose a while ago. Yeah, you got number two and got Jabari, so suck my ass. Um, yeah. But uh, th- then, uh, yeah, I shouldn't say never go in our favor, but, man, that one hurts. I, we do have boots, and I'm hoping we can at least lure someone in. But uh, the second thing is just Zach Levine is a Chicago Bull. He's not fucking leaving. It's like all these little trade finders, trade alerts, the whispers, the – the photoshops unless it's someone coming to chicago to play with zach they can kiss my ass too that's all like he's a bull and we're not taking ben simmons for your fucking trash like no So you don't you don't want ben simmons for the uh for zach levine and two first trade or what no sir maybe (laughs) maybe throw and beat in there too and i'll consider it but fuck no exactly no you ben would you do that what would you trade? Would you trade Booch and Levine for Simmons and Embiid right now? No. No, I no, I like Embiid, which is not a lot. It's not a popular opinion, but um, that just comes with Simmons. I'm getting an A plus player and an F minus player instead of two like an A minus and A minus player. So, no. Like, you'd much rather have Levine in the last two minutes of that Hawk series than fucking Simmons. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even God. play him with my other guy you're giving me and B. Like, God, the, I'd they rather have Luke Williams. I think I'd rather have a traffic cone out there. At least they'd have Jam- to dribble around it. Give me Jamal Jay Crowder. Crawford, Jamal Crawford hasn't played in three years. Bring him back. Jay Crowder oh, is yeah. a finals magnet. Give me him. You guys could have had Delhi 
they could have had Delhi out there. Delhi's not afraid. So yeah, that's it for Bulls Corner. I'm not. T- it feels wrong to even take the 30 seconds I did to talk about them this late in the season. Um, couple of lightning round questions. I guess this one isn't so much a question, but just some coaching carousel talk. A lot's happened. Um, do you want me to sum up a, the, the kind of what's happened, or there a couple that you just know off the top you want to talk about? I'm sad I mean, that Carlisle got picked up and went to the division and conference. Yeah. I mean, it's the, a good Ma- fit for him. the Mavs came out real bad over the last about two weeks. Is Jason Kidd a good coach? No. <laughs> no, he is not. Are they going to find that out? Or how? I, I should know. ask, how soon are Someone, they going to find that out? I don't know. Will like, he make I, it the year? I feel like they awful. took a wasn't huge he, step back. Isn't he, wasn't he awful in Brooklyn? Yes. Pretty, yeah. Like, how are him and Luca gonna get along? Like, Jason Kidd's kind of an ass. Because they, because they play this, they played the same. That's the fucking rationale of why they're hiring Jason Kidd. Do you think Luca even knows who Jason Kidd is? Like, do you think he grew up watching Jason Kidd highlights? No. Like, I don't know. It's not. That's not gonna work out. I don't think it will either. It makes me excited though. I had to put my money somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I think dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like the true dysfunction out of that front office. But. I like. I'm. I'm always down for some NBA drama. I'm excited to see the types of headlines that come out of Dallas. As long as Luca keeps playing well, because I he's so fun to watch. Like, but if Have you guys team... seen the Porzingis uh, Luca beef that keeps coming out, like is Porzingis getting shipped or what's happening? There? I think Porzingis hopes so. Yeah, yeah but no one wants him either. Mm-hmm. Hell no. He's too soft. Pingus people were Pingus. people were cooking up Pingus trades for uh, Chris Middleton. I'm like, get the fuck out of here! Hell no. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel with these fucking Ben Simmons ones. <laughs> um, yeah. The other one is I that I don't think or I think it's kind of notable is Brad Stevens. I forget isn't a coach anymore. He's president, and Danny Ainge is gone. He can't reach younger generation anymore. Poor guy. I think that Danny Ainge Celtic story, the logo. That story is an all-time great story. Just trying to rile the dudes up to fight. He's got like literally like Marcus Smart in there who will fight anything, and he just basically is like, "Dude, like, I don't care. I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Get over it." I want to point out to my dumbass. One of my first responses when that guy uh, threw the water bottle was it after Kyrie stomped on him or whatever? I said something about put him in a ring with KG. KG was one of the few players to come out and defend Lucky the fucking leprechaun. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I think fans have cooled down. That's unrelated. Um, the other other coaching one, I mean, New Orleans, uh, SVG's gone. Scott Brooks is gone. But I, yeah. do you think Nate McMillan will permanently replace, like he's going to get that head coaching job with Atlanta regardless of this series? I can't see them saying think, no to him. Right. Yeah. But he's still Nate McMillan. Like, I feel like he hasn't done a great job in this series. Not in this series, but. He's like 45 and 12 with this team since he took over. Yeah. Like, that's hard. I mean, whatever. Like, he won't get fired. Well, I, th- I would assume he'll get the job. And then, I don't know, maybe two years from now, he squanders it or something. And we'll see. But for yeah, now, I think he's earned at least next locked. year. I mean, and that after. Helps. Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead, Bill. No, I was gonna say after after Trey Young, like who's the one hawk that kind of scares you to put up points? 
John Collins. Like as John a threat, Collins. or you worry that? Is, yeah, yeah, I think John it, Collins or even Capella. Herder can get hot. Yeah, well, the so thing about John, John Collins, Collins is like he's got the fourth foul yesterday. He had the fourth foul, and um, they didn't put they him back in the game, that. so the game was like starting to fall apart. Like mm-hmm. I hate when coaches do that. If it's a close game and you feel the wheels starting to come off, like you got to put your better players back in. And maybe I just didn't notice when he put him back in. Maybe he was in there earlier, but I hate when they get that fourth follow and they basically bench him until like five minutes to go in the fourth. Like you can't do that. And that's, I, that's where a couple of times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why we shit on Bud and like same thing with Nate McMillan. Like, I don't think he's a great coach either, you know? Yeah. So he's good. I definitely feel like they like him a lot better and respond. Like he's always been a floor raiser. He's kind of like Bud, you know? Like, yep. those Indiana teams were always good, but they were never good enough. I hear you. That all makes perfect sense to me. Um, what about most impressive or exciting player to watch so far throughout the playoffs? Any that come to mind? I mean, also, I mean, I mean Giannis, to me, like, I, th- obviously, I mean, thinking who's made it this far. I think Giannis, obviously, KD um, had quite the playoffs. Um, yeah. I would say, I mean, yeah, KD was like, that was as much as like, I dislike him. It was awesome to watch it at the same time. It was, it was Bill said it the best. He's like, it's the final boss that you just can't kill. Yeah. You just have to keep replaying and replaying and replaying. And finally you just one time you just do it. And that's what they did. They like took down the, on like the most unguardable person. No. I, uh, hate to say it because I really don't love him, but I think Donovan Mitchell had another wildly impressive playoffs. Um, and then even Trey at times, but he's like, he'll have a good game every three. I feel like, like, I don't know if that's the right number, but I feel like he'll have that like near 50 point game and then throw up that game seven. What did he have nine in the fourth quarter or something like 15 point clunker or, you know, shoot poorly or his issues or his tissue tissue paper ankles will now become a factor. And, um, but really to me, it's like Giannis and Katie, maybe a little playoff P. Yeah. Yeah. Playoff, I, playoff P turned it around. Yeah. Like, he, he gets shit on and like rightly so, but he yeah, kind those of, two free throws, him and, him and Middleton like have similar like issues where like when they're good, it's, awesome and they're mm-hmm. it seems absolutely elite but like they suck sometimes and it's really bad when they do it's hard to watch when they do did i miss um, any okay. you got any i was just saying like from a bucks perspective i guess no matter how this ends i'm always going to remember this as like the chris middleton playoffs yeah like Giannis has been amazing but just the games that i can remember like middleton just hitting like yesterday's game scoring 20 in the fourth and then the game six when he went off just games like that it's been really exciting to watch and I know me and Bill have ragged on Middleton for years I was actually watching the game and I was behind and I got a text from my dad and my dad only texts me when Chris Middleton does something good because he wants to talk shit to me because I always rag on Chris Middleton my dad and this is before Middleton started going off and I looked at Jen and I said Chris Middleton's gonna get hot here watch Hits the three, and I said, yup, here it goes. And I said, this is good. Next shot, puts it up. I'm like, that's going in. Hits it. I'm like, son of a bitch. I'm like, Joe, knew exactly knew exactly what was happening. And it, I guess it's just cool to watch that. Like, as much as we hate him, it's been so satisfying to see him do that and just put people in the torture chamber at the end of games a couple of times. It's been awesome. Mm-hmm. So, new respect for him. 
I'll take that. <laughs> Bill, did we miss anyone for you? I've been I've been really impressed with Trey Young. I didn't think he was yeah. quite this good. I thought he was like kind of a chucker, kind of like just a small guard who would be quick and like can get some shots off and like can hit shots and like what? The, I mean, the the Hawks have McMillan because they suck for a while, and like Trey's part of that. So I'm like, ah, how good can he be? Like playoffs come, they're gonna push him around. He's not. He's gonna get tired. Whatever. Like we've seen it with Curry. Like Curry gets bullied in the playoffs and especially the finals quite a bit. So I'm like, what? Why can't this happen to Trey? And he's pretty much proved me wrong while playing the villain, and that's yeah. been really cool. I, I mean, like, like yeah, Durant's awesome. I haven't watched any of the Phoenix games for the most part, but I've heard Aiton's awesome. Aiton's been. On, I also was gonna say, I think we left then, Booker off as he hit the shot at the buzzer for halftime here. He's had some, but similar to Trey, he's had too many like. I mean, maybe it's just the losing and gambling on my part. Like he'll have that 38 point game or whatever. And then I'll hit his over the next night and he gets sub 20 game or something. It's like yeah. those sprinkled in. And I think it's tough too. Cause I've watched, I think literally every playoff game. So my, so I just, it's kind of recency bias for me too. If they had anything less than 30, I'm like, Oh, maybe they're plateauing, which is a fucking high standard for me to be thinking that. Yeah. One thing I will say is like Trey young one, he's, way faster than i thought he was like that dude's not just quick he's like he's fast he's just all across the board he's had holiday in a blender a couple of times that i was not ready for it i don't think holiday was either but guys like trey young like it was awesome to see him talk shit to the 76ers and i feel like this happens to me so often like i can't think of a player like a list of players that i really love because like trey young shimmying in game one and game two just made me so mad as like an opposing fan, I'm like, fuck this guy. Like he's on my list of people I hate now. Just can't stand him. And like Devin Booker, like I know we're going to get to the finals and I'm going to hate Devin Booker just because he's always like, he doesn't come out and do crazy things, but he's always just saying something. And he's always just got that look in his mouth is just always moving, talking shit to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I know when that's going to happen in the Bucks series, I'm just going to be like, God, I fucking hate this guy. And <laughs> I, I am already calling it. I know I'm going to be like, fuck you, Devin Booker. I can't stand your ass. Knock on wood if we make it there. But, you know, so it, you love it when you see it happen into the 76ers and then Trey Young shimmying on you and you want to punch him in the face. It, it's different. It hits different times a thousand. This one we can make a quick like yes, no, because I think we both or we'd all agree. But like. So yes or no is the remaining potential finals matchups quote bad for basketball like much of NBA Twitter wants you to believe? No, LeBron's no. gonna retire at, at someday. Like there yeah. needs to be people need to fill the void, and there's absolutely superstars still here. So no. Yeah, and, I would and agree. The only agree. people who care about ratings really are corporations, and corporations don't care about you. Mm-hmm. So I don't care about it'll them. be. It'll be interesting to see the ratings for the finals, actually, because I know they talk about them like, oh, what if, what if, what if, but like, I actually want to see what they're going to be because viewership, I sent you as that tweet, it's up almost 40% for the whole playoffs so far. Yeah. And I, I think it's stupid too. They play that market thing. Like, so Milwaukee is the smallest of the four at the 26 in terms of market size in the NBA, but then Phoenix is 11. So just outside top 10, Atlanta's at number seven. And LA is at number two in terms of its demographic or region for viewership. It's like you still have multiple large markets. Atlanta is like the fourth most popular city in the world or in the, excuse me, in the country, I should say. Like 
really, I think it's just them disguising hatred for Milwaukee or like these teams without a star per se. Or you're, I shouldn't say without a star because Giannis and but like they're all stars, but it's not LeBron and it's not it's, Curry it's, and it's co- you know, coastal bias. Yeah, it really Dude, is. It's just yeah, it's coastal bias, and they want to go to these big cities because. I mean, if I'm a reporter, I don't want to go to Milwaukee. I want to go to Miami, dude. Like, why would I not want to go to Miami or L.A.? Like, that's a sick city. But to say that it's bad for the league to have these teams, it's not a big deal. Like, where was this when Cleveland was in the finals? You know? Right. Cleveland's a shitty town. Yeah. Cleveland's the worst. Like, openly shit on by multiple athletes from multiple leagues. But And, like, I think it goes back to what Bill said. Like, LeBron's going to retire. Like, this is almost – our introduce or introduction to some of these young talents we're going to see for the next decade or so with Trey Young and Devin Booker and Giannis still even he's fucking crazy young still you know what I mean like at some point we're going to see someone else like these are just some of the first young stars who have scratched that surface and like we should be ready for it and embrace it because I mean LeBron can only superhuman so long We'll see how he does against the Goon Squad or Toon Squad, whatever team he's not on in Space Jam 2 in theaters July 16th. We're not sponsored. You think Luka is a bigger star than Giannis? No, maybe in his country. Like, who's a bigger star than Giannis? LeBron, KD, and Steph, maybe. And that's it, right? That's just me rattling off the top. Yeah, I think that's. I don't think. I mean, I think there's better. But then, but then I think there's like a general like Giannis is tied for that behind those three with a couple maybe, like you said with me. Like to uh, to me, I think Giannis is bigger, but I think Luca is probably just as big. You know, you put Dame even on that level. I don't know. Maybe that's my Embiid. Yeah, Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. There's a. It's just. It just feels like it's so heavy. LeBron and Steph that like anyone outside of that it's hard to like appropriately rank because they're always behind those two and katie maybe i don't know yeah. uh which remaining team has the best celebs that attend or have regularly attended games i got a quick list if you want some milwaukee had aaron jones Darius smith bakhtiari chance the rapper russ wilson and sierra and cheryl crow as well as jj watt recently <laughs> Atlanta's had two chains, Chris Tucker, Cam Newton, Floyd Mayweather, Quavo, and last night had Crime Mob performing Nuck If You Buck at halftime. <laughs> Phoenix has the sleeper pick here with the Sons and Four guy who is now a celebrity. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michael Phelps, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and also J.J. Watt. Uh, he's been to both teams. And then L.A. just has too many. But any uh, – have you noticed all the celebrities at games? Has that had any effect, or is I is that just something stupid I noticed? Stay in here. Give me a couple minutes. <laughs> Jenna's uh, talking to me. The Bucks uh, have the best celebs. They got Gruber. Enough said. David Gruber. No. They got Bakhtiari and Dana Beers chugging beers. I forgot. One one that's call. True. That's all. I think the Bucks the Bucks celebrities have been the most fun, but I think the Hawks have the best group. Like, I think the Hawks. Yeah, I think the Hawks is fucking key. It's just yeah. Atlanta. It's a different city. Yeah, everyone everyone loves it there. You know, it's just like a lot of people love that city for a lot of different reasons, and it's just it's cool. Milwaukee's had like that's a homer pick, like Bakhtiari and Dana Beers, like chugging those and like shit like that. That's cool and fun, but definitely not bigger stars than those the other Sher- guys. The Cheryl Crow tilt the balance for you to Milwaukee, Keith. She was there with her son. He's a big Bucks fan. I heard. No, that's I hate that we're making a big deal out of Cheryl Crow being a Bucks fan. 
I'm making a big deal out of it. I love Cheryl <laughs> it's Crow. It's not. It's such a <laughs> random thing. And they're like, no, oh my god, a- she's a Fox fan, but it's so random. It's. I guess I don't know. If I remember in the broadcast, they really showed Chance the Rapper, and then they showed Russ Wilson and Dana Sierra, and then they mentioned Cheryl Crow and didn't show her. <laughs> so, like, I don't think she's that big. Yeah, but, like they're um, reaching. They're reaching for a celebrity that we what we need. Who's the guy that's the uh, Bucks fan, the rapper? Gruber. Gucci. Was, Gucci. Gruber. Gucci. Gucci yeah, game Gucci. last year. Yeah, Gucci's a Bucks fan apparently. But he's an Atlanta guy. I guarantee we'll see him at an Atlanta game, maybe even tomorrow night. Yeah. That's his city. Um, I'll do one, only one more lightning round one because then we'll, we'll wrap it up with the build your all playoffs team quick. Uh, is Suns and Four guy the new most viral person? Like, I just want to rate him on a scale of viral quick. Like, is he going to get cash me outside girl level a big? Did he enjoy his moment? Do we going to see more of him? Are we like we – we won't see him after these playoffs, I feel like. He'll go um, as far as the Suns go. Exactly. I think that's true. If they win the championship, he's going to be at the parade and a big deal. If they lose this series or the next, never yeah, hear from he's him. he's not important. He's going to have to do yeah. a celebrity fight with that guy, like one of those boxing matches to maybe taste the hey, spotlight if, once more. Maybe get on a big call play- undercard. If we end up making it to the finals and lose to the Suns in four and we have to, like, hear about the Suns and four guy we're buying one of those action figures and we're gonna burn it we're gonna do something crazy <laughs> body disfigure or disfigure the whole action figure just like yeah, voodoo style. piece by piece yep attach it to a firework launch it get rid of that shit all right so uh last thing i really had here because the very bottom is just something i'm going to mention but um so build your 2021 all playoffs team so just by position here um i'll just i figure i'll just list all five i'll go down my list and you guys can list your like it'll maybe go quicker that way rather than talking through each position and i also included coach in there um but point guard i think i would have to take cp3 even though he missed all that time it just feels like maybe too much credit for the suns is going to cp3 but he's just this seems like it's he's finally earned his trip to the finals hopefully (laughs) Uh, yeah. shooting guard Booker, um, it was between him and Luca. It's a small forward. I took KD, uh, and then just took Giannis as the power forward. I think those are the two most impressive players in the playoffs, all, all playoffs. And then the center was hard. Um, I almost Homer picked it, but I think Aiton has really came on. And I think I was thinking more so to the remaining teams. I guess you could argue Gobert had a good series. Some people would, but when he gets played off the floor, when they go to a small lineup, it doesn't seem fair. And then coach, I think I, I, I honestly, I'm going to go curveball and take Ty Lue just because I love how when they've gone down 0-2 in a series, they're like 8-0 or 8-1 rather. And they were 0-6 and for, for games one and two throughout the playoffs. Like I think he proved he can make adjustments and play shorthanded and still win games and series. And I think Ty Lue has kind of proven himself as a good coach. And I have a question for your criteria. Like, is it the people that have impressed you the most so far in the playoffs? Like, I think if I, I, I kind of picked it like a all NBA style, like, like you just, you know, pick three guards, two forwards type. Um, like who, but, like who's been the most impressive during their time in the playoffs? Yeah. I think like, part even of if it, they went me, out, I the... took it most impressive. Like, yeah, you could technically take people out in the first round. Like I had considered Dame, but uh, it just seeing CP3 get this far is kind of where like, 
he made like the yeah. all playoffs team for me. You can ch- choose anyone in the playoffs if you want. I uh, yeah. ended. I had a couple written down, but ended up going. Everyone on or on my team was in the playoffs besides KD, or still in. Yeah. yeah. I think I just my like two. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. I just went best best of the playoffs, and most of these guys are still here. So like recency bias and just like longer track record i got longer resume and bigger sample size i just went trey trey young chris middleton kd Giannis, and deandre ayton mm-hmm. and like all those guys have just been playing their ass off oh and then i'll say mcmillan as the coach i yeah. mean just the, the fact that they've been underdogs in both series and won and then had a one zero lead in game or in the finals so mm-hmm. the i'm i'm highly impressed with all of those and what were they they were a ninth seed when he took over right they were like the ninth or tenth in the east or something i like, think so they were they were pretty abysmal on this run yeah. I, I would say um i'd say Giannis and katie are locked for small forward power forward center i feel like i would take eight and over Embiid. like i think Embiid is on a different level than eight and even put up better numbers but just what i've seen from aiden and that dude is so likable it's gonna be mm-hmm. so hard to root against him if we end up playing them in the finals because cool if you look dude. at his have you seen his interviews like he's he's, he's a, a cool dude. guy like yeah he's super chill like great teammate it seems like like i would love to have him on my team as a big guy he's got some so, big um, thick chains that i love in his interviews he's got some fucking ice does he <laughs> yeah so uh coach i mean i don't know who i'd take for shooting guard i guess i'm trying to think what are my options like chris middleton cash middleton yeah, Middleton, Chris, but Chris, Booker, has been, Chris has had a couple PG, of stinkers, maybe. So. I would count point or Paul George as a shooting guard, even Booker. I mean, probably Booker, I guess. Like, yeah, Booker or I mean, Luca, I had considered too because he went just yeah. fucking astronomical. Yeah, I mean, I between Booker, I think Booker's probably most deserving from what their team's done so far, and then. PG and Chris, I think you go back and forth. Like Chris has had a couple of stinker games where PG's had to carry the team, but also miss those two free throws to like they should be tied two two right now, sort of thing. And um, so I don't know. The shooting guard one's probably the toughest, but I think I have to go with Trey. Like Trey has literally carried the Hawks. Yeah. You know? Yep. And I get I get picking Chris Paul, but he also missed two games. And they three. won both games. Three, I think. He missed three. No, he missed two. They lost the first game he came back. Oh, that's right. They lost They lost game three when he came back. But game one and two, they didn't even need him. They won. So, like, how much of that is Chris Paul and how much is that, like, just those other guys, you know? So, well, I mean, Chris or, Paul's been amazing. I was amazing. thinking in the last series. Then he missed two last series, too? Uh, I thought he was out no, almost four all, games. No, he played all four. He missed a couple in that. No, did he play? I think he, missed I think he just missed one. the two. I don't know. Then they had a long. I think you just have to way. give it to Trey. Yeah, no, I feel like the Suns yeah. had a better chance to be here than the Hawks did. The Hawks was like, dude, yeah. what the? Like, how are they here? Um, and I think the coach. I think you have to give it to Monty Williams. They have just looked like the best, most sound team, team and yeah. most yeah. And part of that's probably Chris Paul, and um, they just everyone on their team knows that role. But that's I think coaching. That's what they've kind of turned him into. So I think Monty Williams would be my pick for coach. Yeah, the only other ones I had on my list were, I guess it would turn into more like most improver. I don't know what the award would, but Reggie Jackson has been incredible to watch, as well as 
you call it the most real. what the fuck how is this guy balling right now for, for real uh but then at center like brooke lopez made my list i don't know what it is but he's played fucking solid minutes he's become this rim defender like and just the confidence level he plays at he just brings an energy like some of the sh- shot blocks he's had have been super fucking crazy the threes he's shooting deep ones like he does it all and it, this think, would have been a great take after game two, but then he puts up a minus 17 in game three. And now it's like, ah, oh, great. Pick, oh, that, but yeah, we don't look at that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll ignore game. We'll ignore game three. And it's hard we when you got like Aiden and Embiid too, and whatever. But it's, I mean, yeah. he, I will say he was awesome game. in that Brooklyn series. He was awesome. I, he didn't get played off the court like I thought he was going to. So, hell yeah. Well, that's all I really had other than I think James Harden's going to get really fat this offseason coming off an injury and his rehab is probably going to extend <laughs> six weeks. And we already he's, saw he's going to the Olympics, though. I mean, so he's got yeah. he's going to at least be playing. He's going to though, Tokyo okay, to eat. Those yeah. are those are very those are exhibition games. I, I take that back. Yeah, I'm I don't I mean, I just picture him, you know, milking that injury, you know, getting another month of the off season or whatever, rehabbing by sitting at home and getting fat. And I've just, we just—he's gotten fat before. I was hoping he comes out looking like uh, what's his nuts—the football player. Either way, I, I just want hey, to we'll belly to, on him. We'll have to do a uh, Olympic. Yeah, that, so that actually segues the, the really the only other thing I was going to mention is just ideas for as far as the offseason goes. I figure we'll do a finals one, maybe post finals and then, like you said, Olympics. But um, if we did some potential think, draft style episodes, like if we did coolest players or draft a team by like decades or something like we got to pick one 70s, 80s, 90s type player with something like that and draft a starting five, like a build a team start draft or starting five, one uh, coolest jerseys or uniforms or, and then even like a build a player Frankenstyle, just like any type of basketball yeah. related drafts like that. What could be some fun topics. Some weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Get us just talking, let's, let's talking weird. hoops, talking shop, you know, space jam two review. Oh yeah. Space jam two review. Maybe pair that as with, do that a two parter with the Olympics pod, you know, can we get a, can we get like a a premiere where we all go and watch it at the same time? Dude, we could do a live watch. Yeah, like we could do a streaming party on HBO Max and then just record us watching it live commentary. <laughs> that, oh, that would be uh, great. Seen... We get a couple of growlers of beer, Billy, and do. We might have to do a live Space Jam watch on take off July sixteenth. I was um, like, you know, I. I, I want to shut up and watch it, but like I'm just gonna be ragging on the movie. Who, yeah. who am I kidding? I'll have tw- I'll have just as much fun, if not more, talking through the whole thing as watching it. I, I can go I, back and watch it. I can't wait till LeBron says something super cheesy, and we're just like, "Yup, this is gonna suck." <laughs> and, <laughs> Finish our drinks and just strap in. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, fellas. Well, good shit. We big game tomorrow night. Good luck. It's gonna be great. Go Bucks. Bucks in five, gentlemen, sweet. Bucks in five. It's the end of the bench pod coming to you from a Zoom meeting in a pandemic. It's the end of the bench pod. Please just disregard our takes. We don't know what we're doing.